Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, where we shine the spotlight on the many but often ignored positive happenings, activities, projects and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, Red Stripe, Kyramed and Proven Investments Limited. Hi everyone and welcome to Impact in Jamaica. I am Andre Jebinson and we have lined up for you another conversation with another resourceful entrepreneur and what his team is doing to impact Jamaica. We're talking about digital global marketing, which is a globally minded digital marketing agency which specializes in interactive media experiences design, bespoke and innovative websites and expressive visual identities. They say they come together to perfectly convey the value and vision of their clients, helping them to achieve their goals. I am talking with Kemal Brown today. He is the president and the CEO. Uh, Kemal, thank you for joining us for this podcast. Thanks for having me, Andre. A pleasure. All right, so what's keeping you busy these days? Because I know you've been um, up and down, you've been um, all about the place. So what's keeping you busy? <laughs> well, business, thankfully. In this time, we have to be you know, very grateful for all opportunities that are still coming our way. Mm. But I think because of the COVID, so I'm pretty well have adapted, and uh, we're a group of companies, so, you know, uh, there's quite a bit to do to achieve our future aspirations. All right. So tell me about um, Digital Global, how it started, and uh, what are some of the things that you actually do at uh, Digital Global? Sure. So Digital Global Marketing is a marketing company under the group, and um, we started May 3rd, 2016. Uh, you know, I just saw a shift in the market taking place regarding online advertising, but more so um, even just the digitization of the world, you know, digital transformation vis-a-vis um, -vis the fourth industrial revolution was a large trend trending globally and businesses were being tasked to adapt. And so I saw an opportunity. Uh, I didn't see a lot of firms that were offering this specific service at the time. And I had just started getting into understanding digital. My background is political science. So I used to lecture at UWI and UCC. Uh, so I'm not uh, from, you know, not a media mind originally, I would say. But I've always been a creative person, and um, so I saw a synergy, you know, with my skill set to synthesize knowledge and information relatively quickly, my analysis skills, my quantitative and qualitative data skills, and I kind of coupled them together and decided to, to use data to help firms through digital marketing. And so as a company, Digital is six this year, or we turned six rather in May of this year, so we're still relatively um, new on the seat, however... We have a staff complement of 15 people um, at present. Um, our services range from you know, everything digital, so media, media, um, you know, any, any service related to media, technology, transformation, et cetera. Specifically, those might be things such as, you know, visual identity design, web design, app development, uh, you know, online advertising, running Google ad campaigns, doing online sentiment analysis firms, doing research, developing strategies, um, everything in the category of marketing and technology. We build custom platforms to help customers, um, you know, track respective um, leads or perhaps track, um, you know, uh, their respective effectiveness in marketing or any other spectrum because we build custom software. And then there's the consulting part, you know, you can um, reach out to me or anyone on the team 
to book consultations for things such as digital transformation, digital marketing strategy, um, everything related to marketing. And of course, we do offer traditional marketing as well. However, we had our genesis in digital marketing, which is, you know, the future. Um, and really, it's the present right now. The future is really programmatic, uh, you know, blockchain applications, etc. But digital marketing is really where we had our inception and where it's where our strongest skills lie. All right, you had mentioned earlier about this digital transformation. Um, but as far as a lot of people may know, we've been going digital for you know quite a while. In fact, when you, when you look at um, media in particular, you've seen where the transition has been taking place for a number of years. So when you speak about this, um, this transformation or this revolution that you saw taking place in 2016, tell me a little bit more about that. Well, sure. Well, let me, let me contextualize it by saying I was speaking to about Jamaica. So yeah. The world had already been very, you know, heavily digital. I mean, clearly Amazon is a very old company. E-commerce is nothing new. Mm-hmm. However, in Jamaica, and even so, digital marketing was nothing new abroad and in other, you know, territories. But Jamaica, just based on culture, you know, radio is still a very, very popular medium of exchange of information and ideas. Um, television is still probably the full catchment point. Um, or used to be rather the full catchment point where most people, you know, seven o'clock news, everybody watches the news. The traditional marketing, the Gleaner, the newspaper, um, and the Gleaner has recently transformed, which I commend the entity for, um, you know, it's in the process of its digital transformation, but a lot of traditional, you read the paper physically, we were not there yet, essentially, right? And businesses, e-commerce is something very new to Jamaica. Even large entities like NCB have just, maybe I think last year, started offering solutions Receiving payments overseas and online was an ongoing challenge domestically, and it remains so. But there are different entities in the space now that are, you know, facilitating these. And to, to actually run a business online, there are a couple of things you need. You need an online infrastructure. You need a very, very stable internet connection and fast internet, right? That's a baseline that, you know, COVID kind of stress-tested both of our vendors, Flow and Digital, because well, you know, there are a lot of gaps there, right? It was challenging. And so there, you, need, you need that. You need the environment, which is the baseline infrastructure. You need the skills. Digital skills are emerging in Jamaica. Certain vendors are helping, you know, certain training schools have popped up, etc. But the, the ecosystem was not yet built, and it still has not been fully built. However, in, at least back then, but now we see a lot more skill training taking place. Um, and while it's not completely 100%, um, there's a lot of companies that have transitioned to digital, forced by COVID. You know, everybody has Zoom. Right. Everybody knows mm-hmm. what these things were nominal in the past. Everybody had to have a meeting face-to-face. Well, so a digital event was sacrosanct. How are we going to eat if we're not together in the space? You know, Pegasus was always booked out. I mean, I spoke at many, many of these events because I'm a motivational international speaker as well. So I saw quantitatively and qualitatively attitudes toward digital shift. Of course, the, the, the acceleration was prompted by COVID-19. But still, we are still not where we need to be in terms of things like e-commerce ability. Um, you know, many different elements. Even every business is not online in Jamaica yet. And these are baselines that we have to do today you know, globally competitive. Well, when you talk about, when you compare Jamaica and you compare us to, I guess you would say the United States, which is really the benchmark, um, do you find that the gap is significant or is it one that can be closed easily? When I talk about gap, I'm talking about the infrastructure that you mentioned one and also the skills gap. Sure. Well, I wouldn't even mention the U.S. as the, the, the standard. You know? I would say Estonia is the standard with things like e-citizenship, online voting, all of these things regulated by technologies that inhibit, you know, um, risk or reduce risk 
mm-hmm. you know, falsifying things, etc. But to use the U.S., um, I mean, the reality is, you know, the gap is tied to the people. People transform countries, not technology and not governments. So as we become more educated, as, you know, digital skill training is implemented, and I come in institutions like, you know, e-learning, trying to get more tablets and stuff, but it's not just about the devices, it's about transforming the people. And um, the gap is really just there. How skilled, how, be, how educated are our people so that they can critically think and understand not only how to use technology, but to transform and create technology. So I can't speak exactly to the gap. Infrastructure-wise, we're all right. Our internet is very fast. We have, you know, well, JBS needs to tighten up. We're still having our momentary, you know, um, power cuts here and there. Um, but in terms of what we have as an ecosystem, I think what we really need is support in the terms of, qualified um, persons that are vanguard for the industries, the respective industries, to drive transformation, even down to the um, primary school level. And that's really where we need to kind of be focused from, you know, coding should be like French or Spanish, another language, because that is the language of the present and future. And if we, if we hope to become, uh, why not even become, if we hope to um, um, strive to be competitive, we have to have the skills that the world wants. And clearly, the fourth industrial revolution has changed those skills. Um, it's not this, you know, um, high-value skills, not necessarily BPO stuff that we're really focused on right now, but what are high-value skills, financial services, technical services, um, you know, things that transform the world, not only, you know, allowing us to play a part in it, but to actively, actively shape it. That's where we need to go. Mm. You had mentioned transforming the people, um, and sometimes the services that you offer, requires the transforming of the mind sometimes because yes, you know sir, people yes, sir, people are used, people are used to doing things the, the traditional way um people yes. look at what you do as sometimes maybe a luxury or something that they will not pay for because they feel you know um isn't really necessary and so on so what i know that covid has probably um made it necessary for some people do you find us adapting to that kind of service that you that you offer? Yeah, man, I do, because everything is tied to network effects, meaning everyone is doing it, people are going to follow. You know, FOMO, fear missing out. So whenever business started going online, clearly, you know, entities like the DBJ as well, I have to recommend them because they launched a program called the Go Digital Voucher. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Go Digital is an assist program vis-a-vis, I mean, partnered with them on the IDB where they give businesses $300,000 to go digital. And so if you contact digital, we're a partner under the program, we're a preferred partner. They contact us, we can use that to take your business online, right? Mm-hmm. So the government, uh, in many ways, they are facilitated because of the need. It, it, it's a must. You know, you need to at least have some level of digital presence. But a large part of my role as CEO and a large part of, um, you know, the company is thought leadership, right? We try to assume a thought leadership. Sometime back, I think, last year I wrote an article in the paper, in the Gleano, about digital leadership and what that actually represents. And it really speaks to, you know, being open and understanding that, you know, as a, as a CEO of any, as a leadership in any way, whether it is governmental or corporate, you have to educate yourself um, and be open to what is going to come. Because change is life and business is all about change. So one thing I've done a large, um, I've done largely rather, I, I try to educate both through um, writing and my respective speeches about what digital transformation represents. I've spoken at the JET Convention. I've spoken all over the world as far as Russia. I've uh, spoken and you know brought this the good news of digital, if you want to call it, because it is not just a tr- it's not just grabbing a computer and having a website. It's understanding that you can literally run your life, not only your business, from a computer, from a mobile phone, and you know transact all nature of business, contact your family, and everything. It's all 
shifting to digital. You, know, you look at things like the metaverse and blockchain and all the new things that are coming up that we are also getting into and trying to, you know, navigate and see our place in the same. Um, we just have to remember that learning is lifelong and ignorance is not bliss. And it's the responsibility of effective and prudent leadership to truly equip not only ourselves, but our teams and our country and our friends and our cousins and our sisters and our nephews, everyone, with the information and then the skills to succeed in the world to come. So we, we do a lot of public education and we see it as one of our roles and we see ourselves as thought leaders in the space because we've been in the space so long and our, and our focus on quality and excellence has rung true because we work with some of the largest firms in, in the um, region and we've been recognized internationally um, by a lot of entities. And, you know, I've been personally asked to speak as far as Dubai, you know, all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, because of just uh, how, one, well we do our job, and two, uh, the fact that we really are trying to push for the future. Even on our website, it says we create the future. We really want to play an active role in shaping it. And so we're always exploring new technology. I just bought a VR headset from Facebook when they launched their thing, the Oculus. Mm-hmm. And I've been in the metaverse playing around and see, and it's really going to change a lot, you know. And I'm really excited um, for the company and our future plans. Right, and that's something we want to talk about later on. But when you look at Jamaica and what COVID, I think, has highlighted for um, a lot of people is that we are limited in our connectivity. When you look at the number of students who can't go online to access their 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 class, um, when you look at um, some people would like to work from home. And they can't necessarily uh-huh. work from home because of the the network being unstable yeah, and, and yeah. things like that. Um, so does that hamper the business that you're trying to operate? Are you limited by those limitations? Well, definitely. I mean, the reality is where students are concerned, we have to, we have to um, acknowledge that the world is a level mm-hmm. uh, to use our vernacular. And the government and the respective, you know, institutions, stakeholders need to do something, to, you know, in hard-to-reach areas, access. I don't think digital has 100% coverage in Jamaica yet. Um, Quote-unquote, I'm not sure. And I'm not say that, but, you know, I don't believe so. Mm-hmm. And so there are gaps that will hinder. If you're working at a far end of the island or in some lush location, yeah. there might be some problems. And so it doesn't really facilitate free flow movement and being, being always online, which is so essential to digital transformation. So that is a gap. Where students are concerned is very tough because, you know, different socioeconomic classes, so some persons have to, like, be buying credit to put on the phone um, to access the classes, and clearly that's unsustainable. And we've seen reports, I think the Green has even done, intro, uh, you know, report, reports in communities where students have kind of given up. And so that's a, that's a very detrimental, and I don't think we've seen the effect of the gaps in education yet, because clearly it's still ongoing. So I'm concerned about that, definitely. Um, and I'd love to engage stakeholders about how to kind of, you know, navigate that space. In terms of the corporate now, well, the reality is I, I work from home. I mean, when COVID hit, I had a very nice office on Phoenix Avenue. Um, and uh, the team, you know, because we couldn't be there, I decided to give up the office. And we were already well equipped. That's our name, Digital. You know, it comes from Digital. We were already working virtually. I mean, the team only came in once a week. We only had the, the office really for the boardroom and, you know, little staff gatherings and so on. Mm-hmm. And put our Christmas tree, etc. So when COVID hit, we went completely virtual. We actually released a guide, which is still on our website, to help firms go virtual. Oh. But there's also something to consider. Not every company. You can't construct things virtually at present. At present. Because clearly there are technologies where, you know, persons will be able to manage cranes from their home and build buildings. But that's not the case yet. So 
certain industries don't lend themselves to being digital, and so every safety precaution must be taken. But for those that do, there's still, as you said, you know, gap. If you have, I've, I've been in meetings and my light just went away, and that just kills the meeting, you know. Um, they're, they're real tangible things that are challenges, and it's something to consider and it's something to, you know, manage. It's really about managing it. So we have a policy in the company, you know, if something goes down, you know, take an hour to shift to your location to shift to a more prudent location um, that you can access things. And we give our staff, uh, you know, communication subsidies where they can pay their internet and their phone bills. So to facilitate, you know, um, Optimum some semblance of always being online. Yeah. But there are limitations and it's something that I would say, not a third, third world developing state, and I don't like that term, third world, but, you know, a small island developing state, I um, have to consider. But we, I think the government... And generally, all stakeholders need to invest and donate towards that. We're actually doing something. We've done tablets in schools, and we're actually doing something at the end of this year to kind of try to help with the digital transformation of, um, you know, uh, primary school. Right. We can do some donations to kind of help. Because that's the best that, you know, as an, ent- as an entity I can do. I'm not Digital Flow or JPS. Uh, but we can lobby through, you know, entities like the private sector organization in Jamaica to see how best to build the digital um, infrastructure of Jamaica so that there is connectivity to drive and fuel growth. All right. Okay, well, let's take a break. But when we come back, um, I want to talk a little bit more about what you do with your clients, how you help your clients, and actually sure. when your clients might need your services. All right, so stay with us on Impact in Jamaica. We will be right back. Looking forward. We want to help you mark every milestone. Celebrate the joy of living. Cheers to the best in life. Drink and live responsibly. A message from Red Stripe, part of the Heineken Company. Searching for a one-stop solution to all your facilities maintenance needs? Visit Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center. We stock a wide range of COVID-19 washroom, cleaning and other supplies, gardening tools, chemicals and more. Our experts are always ready to give you the best advice. Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center, 14 Collins Green Avenue, Kingston, Freeport Commercial Center, Montego Bay and 33 Ward Avenue, Mandeville. Visit or call us today, 876-920-47215. Welcome back to Impact in Jamaica. I am Andre Jevinson and I am with Kemal Brown. He is the president and CEO of Digital Global Marketing. And before we went on break, we had teed up, um, you know, going back a little into your business and what you actually do and when your clients may need your help. Um, so, so what I'd want to ask, you know, is uh, when do I get to the point of saying I need your services? Um, I'd mentioned earlier that sometimes, you know, people don't necessarily look at marketing as um, a necessity for their business. And sometimes they look at marketing as something that they need if they are a large-sized business. But when do I call you? When do I need your services? Well, you should call us today. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the reality is marketing for many people is an expense line. But you have to understand what the new world is. Um, In the past, large companies alone, you know, could spend the TV money and get in the paper, et cetera, because there were limitations. But digital, through social media, through Google, through the respective TikTok, all the different channels, um, what it does is it levels the playing field. Small brands can have just as much punch as a large brand because of what you call viral content or just creating interesting content. So one thing I would encourage businesses to look at is think about this. No one will know your brand 
if you don't introduce your brand to the world. Additionally, people will have the wrong, wrong perception of the brand if you don't control the narrative. In the past, entities like the, the Green and, you know, traditional media had come control over the brand narrative outside of word of mouth. Because if an article was published, that's what everybody viewed as fact. There's no way to immediately recall that, right? There's no way to immediately put out something and change that. The reality is now, anything that comes out, you can control and contextualize the narrative. You can tell your story. You can build your brand, right? Both personal and corporate. Branding, personal branding and professional branding is something that we do as, you know, in the category of services. And so what it's really giving companies is the power to control your narrative, to tell the world who you are, to reach the people who actually want to do business with you. It's not a very broad brush approach. The benefit of digital is the data. And so I can find, if I know that you are selling catnip, I can target, and typically I know that, you know, women make, that women have cats more than men. That's just a quantitative truth. And there's a specific age group between which a woman might have a cat and be online on specific networks. And so I will use all of that data, and then the interest of the person, I can gather all of that data and use that to target more effectively, reducing the cost of customer acquisition and enhancing your profitability. Because if you have e-commerce and persons can actually buy things online from your store, they can find the people that are interested, build a brand that is trusted, like, you know, a fashion over there. It was a very tiny business, very, very tiny business, but it started by, I believe, an immigrant from either India or the Ukraine, one of those companies. And literally, he came up with the idea, he's going to get influencers, lovely-looking young ladies, send them free clothes and they just have to post. And because of the network effect and, you know, FOMO and people, you know, how people essentially democratize modeling. You remember in, in the past, like Estee Lauder, you know, Gucci or all these persons monopolized, you know, what is seen as high fashion. Yeah. Digital democratized that where fashion, anybody can start a fashion brand. And many people have. Many young successful women in Jamaica and men have fashion brands. And they literally go online and use the same formula have online shipping anywhere in the world because supply chains have been disrupted as well by digital technology. You can get anything. It might take a little longer, clearly, from Jamaica to, like, um, Sweden, but it will get there. And the supply chain, well, pre-COVID, you know, because COVID has given us a lot of challenges in that, but the supply chain technologies have really helped to do things like drop shipping, where you literally never have to see a product. You can literally buy and sell online. You never touch the product as the person, all from your computer or your phone. So the grand opportunity that digital presents and, you know, having experts that know what they're talking about and know how to actually get you the results and also being moderate in terms of understanding what you invest is what you get, just like anything else. People do have unreal expectations of digital marketing and digital technology as if they're going to solve business problems. But one thing I always caution my customers, you know, the reality is if you have a bad business and, you know, every business can be improved. But if you have a business that's in decline because of the industry that you're in, if you have a business that, you know, just the pricing is wrong or your customer service is wrong, those are tangible business challenges that I cannot fix because I'm only the marketing consultant. And so you have to also have an infrastructure for success in your business to be super successful with digital. And it's something just to consider. But marketing is not, definitely not an expense line item. If you think about it, the largest companies, spend on marketing for one simple reason. It works. Mm -hmm. It works. And that's how they became big and that's how they plan to remain large. But because the more people that know about your product, it's the more persons that will buy. Brand visibility and brand recall. So what about those who would say then, um, we have access, personal access to the same platforms as you do. 
and uh -huh. um maybe the same design software some of them are actually even free and uh, we can we have a credit card so we can use that to boost our own post and that is mm -hmm. enough marketing for them that's a fib no it's not i mean it's, it's, i'm not sure you can do it yourself you need a more sophisticated approach if you don't understand strategy clearly in any, in any field yeah. there's expertise you'll have a lot of people pop it up and saying oh i can do this or oh i can know this or mm -hmm. but if you don't understand psychology you cannot be a marketer if you don't understand brand building you cannot be a marketer and the reality is when you engage an agency what you're looking for is sustainability and depending on the nature of your brand say for example you're a large firm and you have and i encourage small firms to run them all in a boosted post take a little online course you know, do what you need to do to kind of equip yourself in the knowledge. Because even if you hire an agency, you need to know what they're telling you so that you don't get, you know, mm -hmm. um, for lack of a better word, scammed, right? <laughs> you need to know that, you know, it's not about clicking likes and all of these things. It's about what metrics actually have tangible results in your business. Mm -hmm. And if you can't even supply agents with that, well, there's going to be a challenge. So the reality is I encourage small businesses to do their own stuff. But if it reaches a point where you see you're not getting results, definitely reach out to someone to to someone for advice, to an agency for advice, definitely reach out for some further guidance because the reality is there's a reason why you're the expert. There's a reason why you have the expertise. You've trained, you've studied, you've read, you've taken the courses, you've brushed up. So that at an immediate moment, you can, you know, deploy advice. And, you know, what they say about a doctor, right? Uh, person went, there's a funny story. A person goes into a doctor's office and something's wrong. doctor says, let me look at you. Looked at the person and said, okay, this is it. Take this. Doctor gave him a bill for 10,000 US. Person said, Doctor, you only looked at me for five minutes. Doctor says, Well, it took me 10 years to be able to look at you for five minutes and tell you what was wrong. But the experience that counts, right? Yeah. And that's where you made the impact. So, some uh, inexperienced doctor, you've been taking pills and surgery for a year, and it's not even the right thing. But someone that has seen this and walked this path before, they have the expertise to guide you into success. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really what you want. All right, you've told me that you look for what is coming next. Um, how do you do that? And, uh, yeah, let's start with that. How do you do it consistently so that um, your clients can benefit from, from, from what's coming next? And how do you create that unique experience for you know, the clients? Because you know, everybody can't look at the same. Um, everybody's product can't look the same and so on. So how do you yeah. keep doing that? It's really about insight and looking at um, what excellence looks like and future, you know, looking at what's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. One of the benefits of the internet that many people use, I think, improperly, or not improperly, but not towards the end that can give you a lot of knowledge. The internet is always pushing information for you. You can be on Twitter looking at social or you can be looking at following people that are actually, you know, changing the world. Mm -hmm. And logically, you're the average of the five people you associate with, right? Now, we don't have to associate with people in person anymore. Online, these are associates. These are mentors. These are people that are teaching if you would only listen. So a large part of my personal um, growth path is really listening and following and learning from people that I don't even know them. But I can see what they're doing and I do my own independent research. Um, in terms of being consistently right, I would never say that I am. I mean, the reality is anybody can see that digital transformation is the future. If you can't see that at this point, if you're not aligning your business, you're in trouble for the next five years. It's just a fact. Everyone is. Even Guardsman, I think, rebranded a couple of days ago to a new age entity looking to acquire tech company. Everyone is seeing this trend. So at this point, it's late. It's not even a big tech vision to see this at this point. In terms of what the future looks like, well, that is really looking at, if you watch some of the sci-fi films, 
to be honest, they do give a good indication of where the future is going. And everybody's scared of AI, everybody's scared of robots, everybody's scared of all of these things that are already running your life. Most of the products we use are, are, are made by robots. Even in manufacturing companies, there are robots that are just, even Tesla's cars, all of it, they're made by robots. So I think the fears are improbable. I think what we have to do is consistently look for a place for ourselves and our businesses, or if necessary, pivot. If you realize a, business, a particular business line is going down, if you realize, for example, Garth Manuel, people are going to be traveling with a lot of cash anymore as digital transformation comes. We don't really need this armored cash business anymore. But, but you see, the, what thing, do do? the, the thing is, okay, man, things are mm-hmm. changing so rapidly, breakneck yes. speed. So, by the time you adapt to a particular technology by next year, you have to start thinking about, exactly. about something called, new. It's called, exponential, it's called exponential growth. Yeah. And definitely. Things are leaping by order of magnitude. Yeah. How do you adapt, right? The reality is, mm-hmm. as best as you can. To be honest with you, as best as you can. Firms and people, once again, goes back to training. We don't, to be frank, Jamaica doesn't have the talent to compete. Um, at a wide scale in a lot of the future things that are going on. Um, we will, though, because many people are self-educating on coding and different development tools and platforms and looking into things. But eventually, what parents have to really start pushing their kids in the air because literally they'll be wealthy for their lives, you know. I mean, if you can code, if you can create at a high level, clearly, not just anyone, but if you do things at a high level in anything, you'll be successful, right? And that's what the world is looking for. I know quite a few friends of mine, that are working for international um, develop international um, tech companies right here in Jamaica. They they live very well because they're getting paid international salaries. So it's really looking at where the world is going, and that's really it. You have to look, and how do you look? Where do you look? Literally, you can Google what are the future ten trends in the world. It's not that complex and convoluted in terms of your ability to access and and um, contribute to this. Now, well, that's another thing. You have to look at your skills. If you have skills in branding, you might want to say, okay, I'm going to help to write or frame a narrative or whatever it is. If you have technology skills, you can be like, all right, is there a solution that I can create for the Caribbean to fix some of these problems? There are companies like WePay that are investing heavily in, you know, turning, turning um, what you call it, payment, digi- payment digital, like completely changing the Caribbean. Because the Caribbean, we have legal challenges that hinder certain things, right? We have old laws that reduce, you know, hinder even having... Um, um, annual general meetings for companies online, you have to apply to the JSP and all of these madness. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just by the laws to remain compliant. So a lot of legislation has to be revised. A lot of, you have to move so quickly, as you said, and so nimbly that if you have these, if you take 10 years to review a law, boy, we're in trouble because you need to literally adapt immediately by tomorrow, by, you know, just constantly switching. And it requires a certain mental frame and okayness with being with failing that I don't think we cultivate in our youth, you know. And it's it's some even in our adults. I mean, failure is like the worst thing ever. Where we we fear it so badly, but in America, people get bankrupt every day and come back richer the next time. Right? Mm. Companies go, it's like it's like a part of the American um, way yeah. to go bankrupt. Yeah. And that's not that's not to say I'm encouraging it, but I'm just saying taking risks and being okay to fail. And build yourself back that entrepreneurial vegan energy and even entrepreneurial vegan energy. It's something that is, is brooding domestically and it's something that we need to lean into more so that can really manifest a Jamaica that is like an Estonia or like a Singapore where our people are so highly skilled, so professional, have such good customer service, which is one of our large problems. Oh, yeah. Have such good customer service 
that we can compete globally. And that is really what I've tried to build within my company. You know, really push for policies where we have great service. It's not always perfect. I'm not perfect, nor is the firm. But we have, a, we, we've in a short time, been respected by a lot of international entities, do a lot of great work, and we've maintained these relationships. And, you know, we're in our growth path as we seek to, you know, fulfill our vision for the firm and the group of um, companies. So, right. yeah, that's really where it, I think we need to it, be focused. Is this, more, is this more exciting than um, political science? Political science? Oh! <laughs> yeah. So, but I was so far from my mind, I didn't even hear you mention it. No, to be honest, you know, I did political science because uh, my sister did political science. But let me tell you, it really gave me a depth of analysis that I will forever be indebted to that. It facilitates a lot of my business because my, my depth of analysis in terms of data and just sentiment and understanding the catalyst for respective things is definitely useful. Will you ever see me on that side again? No. I can definitively say that uh, in terms of teaching. What the future holds, I don't know. But um, yes, definitely more exciting mm-hmm. uh, than political science. Right. So how have you... How are, what are some of the success stories, one or two success stories that you've had locally or even internationally, whichever you prefer well, to mention? Sure. I mean, internationally, a big one is when I was um, asked to speak at the Horasis Conference, which is a large conference of international, you know, luminaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I think, the only Caribbean person invited there to speak on a panel with, you know, companies like the Boston Consulting Group about digital transformation. It grows annualized, I think, $400 billion a year. And here's me from Jamaica, you know, sitting next to these massive companies and contributing nonetheless, feeling no less, you know, small because our vision and our values and our knowledge is valid no matter what. So, and actually, I'm asked to go do that every year. So I go to Portugal every year, well, not for the last two years, to deliver on various themes around that. So that was a good one. And I've gone to a lot of international countries and spoken as well as far as Russia. So the international recognition is great. Locally, I'd like to think that, you know, one of our accomplishments that I love is that we work with, you know, Signus Capital, a listed company. We work with quite a few listed companies, but we play an integral role in Signus's digital brand. And I'm happy to support that company um, in all their aspirations because like them, like us, they espouse excellence, you know, integrity, all the core values that we align with. And domestically, of course, we've won a lot of things. Uh, you know, we're the youngest winner of the Scotiabank Vision Award, um, Vision Achiever, rather. Um, I am a mentor of, I'm a mentee, Michael Leachin, he selected 10 entrepreneurs that he sees as, you know, going far into the future uh, as a part of his um, mentorship series. So, you know, we meet with him once a month. And, you know, that's really great to be recognized by, you know, Jamaica's foremost entrepreneur, today in terms of net worth um, and just competence, you know. Uh, and I mean, there's been many, you know, my, my greatest thing though is just building people and helping the team. While I am not the easiest lead, I think excellence makes you not easy by just nature because you're always pushing people to go further. I'm happy for the people I've cultivated and seen people grow and, you know, come back to me and, you know, say, wow, you know, this has just been, you really changed how I view a lot of things, just even my life. And just helping the team as well to grow personally because we have a lot of sessions within the company to help them to achieve their goals and help them to understand themselves. And, you know, especially in this time of mental health challenges and so on. So I'm just grateful for the journey, to be honest with you. Um, entrepreneurship is just what, I, it's what I'm supposed to be doing. Since I was five, I was doing entrepreneurial things. And so this is just a natural, um, natural, you know, step in my life. And as we expand the group, because we're in real estate as well, there's digital properties, there's digital ventures, which is our investment company, to also acquire and invest in technology firms. So digital global marketing is the first. It's the one that I'm most known for. It's the one that has the largest brand. But we do have some other companies looming that are coming up. Digital properties owns quite a few assets already. 
in real estate um, and we're actually getting into development relatively shortly. Uh, so, I mean, there are a lot of, you know, things that I'm grateful for and proud of. And I'm only looking forward to, as I said, contributing and adding value further into the future as we continue to impact Jamaica and the world. All right, Kimmel, that's a good note to end on. And we've been talking for about 30 minutes. You might have missed the, the next best thing over the last 30 minutes. But I know you'll <laughs> catch up. But um, I, I know you're busy, so thank you for you know taking the time to share um, in this conversation with us. And, of course, we will continue to look forward to the great things that you have been, more of the great things that you've been doing and the um, additional companies and, and the additional businesses that you will operate and I want to thank you and wish you all the best going forward and thank you for listening to this edition of impact in jamaica until next time take care impact in jamaica is powered by the philip and christine gore family foundation manpower and maintenance services limited the jamaica public service company red stripe Kyramed, and proven investments limited if you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite motivate and encourage, send us an email to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcast, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com.